Hi, I'm Nathan. Hello, my name is Isaac. And we're with Red Mountain Radio today. We're with a special, very special guest here today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is uh, Mr. Tannenbaum. I am the proud principal here at Red Mountain High School. Awesome, awesome. Where did you initially start your educational career? So I am a product of Mesa Public Schools. I went K-12 all the way through uh, in Mesa Public Schools from um, elementary school over to uh, graduated from Dobson High School. And then from uh, from there, I actually never left. I say I never left high school because I immediately went back and started coaching um, all the way through uh, through high school or through college. I'm sorry, and um, and then immediately started coaching and teaching at Dobson High School once I once I graduated. When did you end up coaching? I was uh, the head wrestling coach at Dobson High for about ten years, and I was a varsity football coach um, as well. And then I moved down when the freshmen actually came up. Uh, the freshmen in Mesa were not at the high school, as you may know, for about 20 years. And when they came up to the high school, I dropped down and, and was the head freshman football coach Ooh. for another, I don't know, 10 years or so before I left for administration. So what initially brought you to Red Mountain? Well, one, being an East Valley, um, an East Valley person, meaning, you know, teaching in uh, in the Valley and then going through and having the opportunity to go into leadership in the Valley. Red Mountain has constantly had a uh, reputation of just awesomeness when it comes to culture on campus, when it comes to uh, instruction and acclimates in regards to like CTE and um, AP courses and experiences that are offered to the student body was always something that I knew even when I was a, a, a principal at a, at a school in Gilbert, there was so much that I, I had always heard about when it came to Red Mountain and, and a lot that I knew as well, just being a graduate of Mesa Public School. So coming to Red Mountain High School was a no brainer. The, the has a huge reputation of awesomeness and everything that I was told about the campus and everything that I believed about the campus absolutely is true. Being here after a full year of being the principal here, uh, it only reemphasizes how amazing this place is. Yeah, speaking about your first year, um, what do you think was the highlight of your first year as principal here? I think the highlight uh, for me is just getting to know our staff here. Uh, there's, you know, 200 plus staff members that are on the campus. And so the more that you can meet people and make connections with staff and students, it, it really just increases your uh, sense of belonging on campus. That's that's the goal always is to create an environment uh, where people feel connected, people feel safe, people feel that we're together. And the more connections that I had with staff and students and community members made me, uh, you know, just made me appreciate every day going to work, getting up, being here. Um, I love what I do. And, and it's about, you know, it's a, we're in the people business and it's about meeting people. So for me, it was that connection of meeting different people. How does it feel uh, being in your second year as a principal? Yeah, it, it feels great. You know, the more um, the more that you're around the campus, uh, you know, we're, we're leaders are always learning as well. So you, you know, we all strive to get better in our role. It doesn't matter where you are in your educational journey, just in general. So for me, having one year under my belt allows me to um, approach goals and approach areas of reflection with a different with kind of a different view and so it feels really good to be here and, and kind of have the lay of the land um, understand what 3500 students looks like on a campus and how to try to make each uh, each of their experiences a little bit better and, and the the team that we have in order to do that as well okay uh, what should students look forward to this school year like what changes 
Yeah, so my hope is, is, is for students is we've tried to uh, work with a lot of our student groups to create more opportunities for culture building um, activities on campus, right? I think our student government and our uh, Red Sea and our Link Crew, uh, to name a few, all have uh, an opportunity to uh, to create a, an amazing culture and amazing experience on campus. And I think one of the things that administration needs to do is always find a way to say yes. We need to try to find ways for our student groups, if they're asking to do something for the student body, we're, we're not a roadblock to that at all. And so I know that they're working extremely hard with their own leadership groups to try to plan amazing events on campus. And our, our job is to just continue to say yes to make those happen. Uh, also too, you know, one of the things that I'm really proud of is the amount of work that uh, many of our different departments, CTE basically, uh, mostly, are working to create student internships for seniors. We had the most student interns uh, in all of Mesa Public Schools this past oh, wow. year, and we're looking cool. to, to try to increase that more. And I think students having an opportunity to see real life um, you know, outside of the classroom and really be able to apply what they're learning in school to, uh, you know, to a work environment is is amazing. And I think Red Mountain is a special place and Mesa is a special place to be able to offer those internships for students. So we have a couple of questions that we got from students. Okay. Probably the most widely regarded one is um, why lunch is fourth and sixth lunch instead yeah. of fifth and sixth lunch. Yeah. So feeding uh 3,500 students is is a task without a doubt. Yeah. And as you guys know, uh, there's always this balance between finding the right time of day for it. Uh, you know, we've even at Red Mountain, just historically, you've had one lunch, you've had an open campus at one point where all students can go off campus. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had 35 minute lunches as well. If you remember those days, that sounds right? that sounds like a crime. Yeah, well, yeah. they that's that's uh, that's a real. Uh, those took place as well, and so we've tried to find the right balance between having a split lunch and having a, a period uh, broken up between the day. And I know it moves fourth hour earlier. You know, it's more mm -hmm. of a brunch sometimes. You know, depending upon when you eat, mm -hmm. uh, that ten ten forty spot is is early. I I, I understand that. Uh, but I mean, obviously, the lunch being 52 minutes allows students to eat towards the end of 11, 11 o'clock if they choose to do so. Uh, and I know it's, it takes some takes some getting used to uh, with that. But honestly, from a scheduling standpoint for us to be able to offer the amount of courses that we offer for the lunch, um, the cafeteria to have enough ample time to get food and reheat and, and prepare food for students so that it's warm and that they don't run out of food is, is a number of the reasons why we used and went into the split there. Gotcha, gotcha. Many people consider a third hour to be a free period now. How do you, how do you feel that it should be used up? Yeah, so advisory period um, is, is something that, you know, for me, constant learning and going out to conferences and going out and hearing, you know, I, I always ask questions with other leaders and other schools and states uh, and try to follow some of those practices that I think campuses are using to try to inform their student body and provide them information that is outside of your normal core classes or electives. And so the more that I've gone out and researched um, ways in which you can manipulate your, your high school schedule to allow that time into a student's um, 
into a student's schedule is through advisories. And so there's a lot of schools across the country that are utilizing some type of form of an advisory period. Uh, so we didn't just, you know, Red Mountain didn't just magically create an advisory period, right? We've, we've gotten a lot of this information um, and the ability to, and what you can do within those periods from kind of best practices around the country. And so our hope for advisory is that with the lessons that teachers have in their classroom, it allows them to do a, a couple different things. So before I talk about the lessons, it allows a different teacher to meet their student, their advisory students, and hopefully have an impact on the way students feel on campus. Uh, a lot of times, you know, the, the studies show that it's one adult, only one adult can make that big of an impact on a student's life. And the more exposure to our positive culture and our positive teachers here on campus, the hope is, is that students will feel uh, more connected or have an opportunity to feel more connected to an adult. So advisory provides hopefully that. The other side of advisory is it allows us to uh, specify personalized information between grade levels. So the information your freshmen need can be very different compared to the information that your seniors need. There are different ages and stages of their high school journey. And so our hope is to provide a tailored experience that is utilized in advisory periods. Teachers receive lessons, teachers have those lessons. There is certain days that there is a, um, that there is kind of a downtime in regards to being able to do a study hall, be able to check your grades, be able to make up homework. Uh, if you have a pass, you can potentially go to tutoring. It all kind of depends on that teacher. But generally throughout the day, four days a week, I would say three of the four should be utilized for some type of lessons. And as we gear up into the school year, more of those lessons will, will come into range for students to hopefully um, have. And it's one less thing they have to do outside of the school day. What are the newest policies that you've implemented this year? Um, I don't know about, I don't know about policies. Uh, you know, we have some some different practices that I know are well, one, I'll give it a practice. Yeah. One of the newer practices that I think are um, is kind of tough if you're a 10th grader is their inability to park on campus right now. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's, you know, it was a difficult decision. But when you we ran out of space, we had uh, last year, we had seniors who, you know, and juniors who didn't who couldn't purchase a parking uh, space on campus. We had community members that were trying to park on campus and they were having to park in student spaces because every single spot on our campus was completely full. And uh, that's not a good look when you have community members or business leaders trying to come on and they can't find a place to park. So that's that was a that was a shift. And I think it was difficult for some sophomores because they are in the mindset that they can park on campus and then all of a sudden that's kind of taken away from them until January. It makes things difficult. But our hope is uh, is that we are going to add about 250 to 300 parking spots. We've already had it scoped out. Um, actually, Mr. Kelly helped us out with some drone footage to add some space on our campus. That increase will allow us to be able to support our community business leaders that come on, um, substitute teachers, staff that we have on our campus, as well as our growing population. Where are you planning to implement these parking spots? Yeah, so do that retention basin that is in the front of the school. And you'll oh, see yeah. kind of by the marquee, mm -hmm, we yeah. have to, there's some specifics that has, that you have to go through in order to make sure that you keep enough of a retention basin yeah. for water or for anything that the city deems us to have necessary. Mm -hmm. But uh, after it's uh, surveyed, uh, we're able to add 
a lot of dirt back into it and, and flatten it out and uh, hopefully be able to pave it and add about 250 to 300 parking spots. So the there. retention basin across Brown Road? No, no, no. on, on yeah. our side. On our side. Yeah. Okay. So one that sometimes people choose to pull their car into and uh, oh yeah, and, oh, and try to go fast and okay, furious yeah. with some donuts I, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that spot. Yeah. That spot. How can you make a Red Mountain great again? How can I make Red Mountain great, great. again? Is it? How do you plan to? How yeah. do I plan to? Well, yeah. I think the campus is already great. I think one thing to as a leader that we that myself and my my administration team has to constantly do is we have to listen to our students about what needs they have. We have to listen to our staff about what needs they have um, that, you know, our role as administrators is to try to uh, knock down any any road roadblocks that are there. Uh, our students, you know, keeping up with the times and allowing our students to have the desired um, resources, experiences uh, and, you know, learning environment that they would want uh, and that they need in order to go out into the world if it's to college, to a four-year, a two-year, to a work in supporting the community, I think is our key. And I think listening to our teachers as well is very important. Uh, what resources they need, um, what things we can support them with, even something as small as paper in their classroom to AC working properly and daily in each of their classrooms, uh, you know, to uh, the way that they have an opportunity to build community within their own department. So I think, you know, from an administrative role, our campus is amazing. And our, our goal is to find um, ways to have continuous improvement with, with everything that we're doing. So what other updates are coming to this campus? Yeah, so we're really excited about a few additions to the campus right now. One of them being we're actually going to be adding a new press box out onto the football field that will be utilized by all sports. Um, sports programs from our fall all the way into our spring. Uh, the actually the practice field that is directly next to uh, the football field as well is going to be actually having lighting placed on it as well. So that will be uh, be able to be utilized for nighttime practices and to create a different experience for night events that are taking place on the campus. Moving into the indoor, uh, we're actually going to be receiving brand new. Um, Gym, brand new stadium seating in our in our gym. So our bleachers that are going to be in the gym will be updated for the very first time. We're originally rocking the the, uh, the when the school was built, uh, so we've never had those updated. So we're pretty excited about having them updated. Moving outside, uh, we'll have a uh, brand new stadium seating in the football. Or I'm sorry, in the baseball as well as the softball fields. So you know some big additions on those side. And we're actually gonna be receiving a marquee as well. I just got word that we're gonna be re uh, receiving a brand new uh, digital double displayed um, marquee for, for our community as well. Okay, on, on top of that, I heard the, uh, this is like a little birdie telling me this, but um, so the portables is, are they getting like their own building? So yeah, it's, nothing's been decided yet, but okay. our master plan for our campus. Um, we're gonna be having some community meetings and some student meetings actually coming up regarding some of the needs that are on our campus yeah. when it comes to space for academic use um, and activity. And so one master plan has every one of the portables being taken out and a giant two-story building being placed there to be utilized for a variety of programs, um, oh, wow. CTE programs, athletic programs, and as well as that is the potential to add in some new space, some practice areas for our fine arts as well. 
So that's um, that's going to be coming up. There's going to be actually some student meetings that are going to be taking place, some students, some families, some teacher. Um, and we're working with our district office that's been extremely supportive with uh, with this plan in place. Won't happen. Uh, but now we're in the we're in the starting phases of, of the plan with working with an architect. Is there probably going to be a fundraiser to help out with the payments of this? I wish uh, I wish fundraisers would would cover it. But it's uh, it's a good question. We're actually going to be. Uh, utilizing, you know, the working with the district um, in our master plan to, to create that. So there are some things that have to go well in regards to finances yeah. for something like that, uh, especially this day and age with the cost of construction. But uh, we're at the beginning stages of discussing what what the cost would look like. Uh, but more importantly, what are the what are the specific needs for uh, for our campus? The future's bright. Yeah, the future's bright when we leave. A pleasure having you here, man. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs>